On this week's episode, I'm not Forrest and no one's yelling. So let's get started. That would have been good. Would have been. Would have been, but it's not. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Real Truck Nation podcast, episode 12. I'm Chris. Uh, Forrest is taking a little time off. So I'm joined once again by our friend Dustin, and uh, we brought Clay back for this episode. I'm here. popular request. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people were asking who Clay was in the last in the last video so you know maybe it's worth you giving us a little bit of background like what you're into um i'm kind of a musician that quit playing music and then got a jeep for a dirt bike and a thousand bucks and i'm essentially cheap old man you know on the inside so i bought tools and things to build stuff on it and then slowly realized that um most of the things I could buy for it were not geared towards what I wanted to use it for, what I wanted to do. So it just leads from one thing to it's a never ending pit of despair where you're just constantly cutting one thing off, welding one thing on, swapping these out. It just kept going and going and going. Um, and then that turned into eventually a hobby where I built a few things for a few people and then got hired on here. Cool. Yeah. How many years have you been doing that now? Whew, 15, probably. 15 years. Yeah. Like start, I'm an enthusiast. So like, and I'm not a brand guy. Like it, the Jeep just happened. I, if I had, could pick any like outer shell platform, it'd be an early Bronco. I just love the look of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're ridiculous. Like I could probably afford to buy cheap knockoff fenders for it. So a Jeep or make was, your own. Yeah. Um, there's that. The Jeep though was kind of one of those things where my brother-in-law had bought one. As a kid, they're always cool. You know, it was always one of the things, the Blazer, the Scout, the Jeep, the big body, early body Bronco. Um, but yeah, I found a kid who had one that he had stuffed. It was an 88 YJ. It didn't go in reverse. It had been hit, had a rebuilt title, but it had a hard top, had full doors and 36 inch tires with the worst lift ever and i had a dirt bike that i thought i could ride until it threw me on the ground a couple times and i realized okay i'm not 16 anymore and the earth hurts so i traded that and a thousand bucks for that jeep and then spent an obscene amount of my time and some money like just poured into that just projects Mm mm-hmm I think we all know a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, speaking of projects, um, I know Dustin has been getting like the updates kind of ad nauseum from me, <laughs> Yeah. but uh, I, we'll cover a couple of things that I've, I've run into a couple of discussions or trains of thoughts uh, that I've had recently. And that's, um, you know, basically I've had my truck for a while, lifted it three inches, two and a half, three inches with a coilover kit and uh, put some 32 inch tires on it, fit no problem, but just stepped up same lift to 34s and I'm making them fit. Mm-hmm. So on a I wanted truck. to throw some qu- questions at you for discussion, but to cut or not to cut? Cut. That was a quick answer. Always cut. Cut first. We've talked I, <laughs> stock tires. You should buy one of the tools we talked about last time. Favorite tools, an angle grinder. Get it, get a flapper disc and start cutting. Cut before you measure. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm the, I'm that's, the, not, that's probably <laughs> just don't even just start cutting. Just start cutting. Um, Sharpie and a cut. No, I'm going to do as much as I can before I would cut. 
anything. Why didn't you lift it higher? You went, you're at two or three inch lift on a midsize truck and have 34s on it. So a couple of reasons. One, I don't want a tall tippy truck. Um, and, uh, I just, I don't, you know, on a independent front suspension vehicle, mm-hmm. like I don't need all that, the drop brackets and things. You know, there that no, the there's no lifts. options before it goes before it goes no, to three the top inches bracket. is basically your your max on a gotcha. IFS truck or any vehicle really yeah no a, a big the big influencer on the mods that i do to my vehicle is if i have to permanently mod- modify it or not so that whether that's cutting or you know taking off something that just can't be put back on drilling anything like that like i like to be able to get something back to a stock form now if i actually keep it for a while so I'm, I'd do something like you. If I was going to cut, I'd do something like you where I would run a certain certain setup for a while. You know, like with you, that was the 32-inch tires. And for as long as you had those 32-inch tires, by that point, if you wanted to upgrade, you would know if it's worth cutting or not. You know if you're going to keep the A, keep the vehicle. Two, if you, I mean, you know the ins and outs of the vehicle now, so you probably know where you can and can't cut on that thing. Because that's also another thing, which is, there's been plenty of horror stories of people cutting something and they're like, they get, they get done with it and they're like, oh, whoops, I wasn't supposed to cut that far off. Yeah, but yeah. then those are the vehicles that somebody like me can buy because you've ruined it, <laughs> right? Like you've taken a perfectly good vehicle and aesthetically ruined it. And then somebody can buy it and fix it and go, because you don't think you can. And it's like, I don't even know what this person has done to this vehicle. So That's, cut it up, cut all those truck beds, cut the fenders out, cut them up. Cut the yeah. wires. Cut well, the wires. I'm definitely not opposed to cutting. I mean, I've That's hogged sure. out a pretty big hole in the fender for a snorkel. You have found new ways the to cut front, your vehicle up that I didn't. The front bumper, <laughs> the, you know, there's no uh-huh. coming back from, well, I mean, I guess I could buy a replacement front bumper and get it all back bolted on. But the OEM parts that I've got are not going back to stock. Right. And the bed of my truck is not going back to stock Mm-mm. either. But, uh, you know, well, but my- there's a clean way to cut it. Like I, you showed me what you were doing on the front and bending, like thinking about it, like you're saying, like, I'm joking. I'm not saying you just start cutting on your fender. Like you need to think about where your pinch welds are, where your contact points are, like turn your wheels lock to lock, cycle the suspension, figure out where you're going to cut. Um, but a lot of times you can do that. And it's a cool way to get into fabricating or get into this idea that you've done something personal on your truck um, that you can't buy off the shelf. No, that's true. I I agree with that. It's definitely like the first step because if you don't mess it up, if you're one of the few that don't mess up the situation, you could take it further and start getting into a little more technical, a little bit more risky um, yeah. modification in that aspect. Can we talk about specifically what part you cut? Sure. Um, and I wanted to talk about this because so many people, you know, if we're talking about wheel and tire setups, you get, I would say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a large portion of those shopping for wheels and tires don't want to cut anything. They just hear the word cut and they're like, I'm not cutting my truck. Well, that's, that's why the first thing they ask is, does this rub if I turn? Right. Really? That's a a truck thing. Is that, it must be a truck thing. That's a truck guy. Thing. Yeah, it's not a Jeep thing. It's okay. not a Jeep. Well, it's no. not. It's not one of those things where we can just take the fenders off a truck and then bolt on some. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can. Yes, you certainly <laughs> can. You got. You're. You're holding yourselves back, man. You got to well, be free. Let it go. Wide. If they started. Uh, if they started uh, making the whole wide fender thing a little more popular. That's cool. I yeah. do like that. The Baja stuff. That's you're still cool. cutting half half the truck though to get those fenders in there. But perfect. it looks. Eh, the perfect. front's bolt yeah. on. The bed is a a drill and. 
mm-hmm. a drill. Um, so yeah, back to what you're but. saying. Most people they want it to fit without modification, which is like, uh, I think that's the the general, the majority of people who want to mo- modify their truck. You know, I'd say clay, clay is in a bit of a, a niche, a bigger niche. Yeah, especially no, with I the know. Jeep Everybody, nobody wants to cut it. Um, yeah, something fitting without. Maybe people will do some minimal plastic trimming. But not as, definitely not as well, far as you went over the weekend. And that's, okay, so you asked about my approach. And that's, you know, really the way that I like to think about it. And I want to tell people, don't be scared of a little cutting. Because a lot of times, it could just be plastic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're looking at the front of the fender or the back of the fender. There's usually, you know, air dams or other little mm-hmm. uh, pieces that the fender liner bolt onto that can be trimmed back. And you can still, you know, zip tie or put a new screw through and reattach everything. So it looks OEM, which is the direction that I'm going. So, you know, I got, um, you know, unfortunately I didn't have an extra set of wheels and tires to test fit. Uh, It would have been nice to get, you know, all four on and see front back at the same time Mm -hmm. where things might interfere. But I did get my spare tire changed out before I actually bought one tire before I bought the rest of them and brought that home and then spent many nights mounting that thing up marking places where it looked like it was going to interfere and taking it back off, trimming some things, putting it back on, trying to flex the truck out in the driveway to see where things are going to go. So you really took your time on yeah. this part. Which is worth it because ultimately like my view on it is it should be, I haven't cut anything visible from the outside. That's so I true. did cut, you know, the pinch weld. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I don't have any clearance issues in the front because I've got a, high clearance bumper on there but at the end of the day the pinch welds folded over i'm filling in all the cut marks i'm going to sand them down and paint it and then a fender liner liner is going back over it so you know without any exterior cuts i'm making some decent sized tires fit on a small lift and no one would that's that's insane that you've got those tires on that truck especially for like chevys and gmc's known for their small wheel wells well and, and they're square right that's probably the worst part which i mean the GMC behind us had we had a huge headache with obviously just because it's it's they, it's square but they it almost come comes, back in they do right like it almost yeah. feels like when they that truck first showed up and I'm looking at it it's like does the mud flap and the valance actually come back it in? it absolutely looks like it and it makes it way harder to fit a bigger wheel and tire setup and if you look at the actually if you measure the bottom of the wheel well on the Chevy and GMC I think the Chevy is three inches wider because it's obviously squared off, but it doesn't come back in like the GMC does at the bottom of the wheel well. And I think that's where Ford has excelled Mm -hmm. forever. Like the older truck, and again, I'm not a brand, like I'm not a, you say I'm a Jeep guy, my favorite Jeep has about a Jeep body on it, right? Like I'm not a brand person, but. Yeah, that's that's how we know you though. Yeah, I know, that's fine. And I, it's, fun to poke fun at other brands that's what Mm -hmm. i kind of like to do so if i have to be the whatever guy to do that i'll be whatever brand it is but ford like i remember when they came out with the um super duty that wheel well like you could pretty much fit a 38 inch tire in it huge without much trimming or anything well imagine that you make your wheel well round for a round tire (laughs) (laughs) it's a novel concept oh my gosh we seem to have forgotten in the last decade or so but and to be fair too like what you're doing on that truck you have to because it's a newer thing like the jeep thing there's everybody and their brothers been cutting and modding on those for 20 years and Mm -hmm. so there's five forums there's a hundred web page like youtube channels where people are showing you how to do it how many people with the colorado like if, if are out there 
like where you could just go to some, like, did you list anything that you did on the forum for uh, somebody else to just go to it and go, oh, okay, this guy did this. I don't need to buy the wheel. I know it all works. Facebook. Right. That's the, that's the new forum. Yeah, guess, pretty much. Yeah. It, it's actually funny. Cause it's, it's been uh, at least with that platform, it's been a progression where it was like mm-hmm. 31s, were, you know, it's what everybody <laughs> was starting with. They're like, how do I fit 31s without rubbing? And then it was the, you know, 285, 70, 17s, which, you know, basically a 33. Yeah. And everybody's like, now what, you know, what do I have to do to fit these? And I, I feel like within the last like three or four weeks, everybody's jumping on the 285, 75, 17 boat, which is 34, basically and that's 34 by now. 11. And that's well, why I just And to. I got to ask the question, why not just go to the 35s? Well, is it, okay, is it so width? it may come, it may come, but, uh, then I'm doing exterior cutting which I'm not opposed to, but then fender line, you know, making fender liners becomes a little bit more challenging because you've yeah. cut off all the mounting points. So did you just um, stick with pinch welds on yours? Did you have to go any farther than like the pinch weld under the wheel, wheel well? It's just the pinch weld. Yeah. So far. Well, and the kind of, if you, if you look inside the rear corner, like lower corner mm-hmm. of the fender, like that's, that's kind of cut away now. Yeah. That seems like the, the hardest part and also the scariest part for me. Cause like at some point you're going to start cutting into the cab. Well, yeah, for I that, mean, for you're at 34s. We should just, I mean, 40s are like right there. Yeah. Like, I mean, we might almost, I mean, and then you like 40, so close. It's 42s inches. is just a small gap. Yeah, he's right. After that. Yeah. I must agree. Well, one of the reasons I didn't go to 35s is um, I was trying to find a balance between tire diameter and weight um, just because I didn't want to overwhelm the truck, which may be a good segue into our diesel. next. I know, but it's a little is it, diesel. Oh, <laughs> is it a diesel? When you it's say a, diesel. It's the Minimax. It's the baby diesel. It's, it's overworked <laughs> as it is. So, you know, the truck's heavy. You know, any truck or Jeep that you end up bolting on a bunch of bumpers, and bumpers, full-size oh spares, yeah. skid plates, all that. You know, you're going from a relatively small, lightweight tire to a much bigger, heavier tire. So I was kind of, I literally had a spreadsheet of different tire sizes from different brands and weights. Yeah, I've Mm -hmm. done that before. You have to, because some of them, dude, there's like a 20 pound fluctuation. Yeah. Like there are some tires that you go with a bead lock, not that that's a common thing, but if you, if you add the weight of a well-built, even an aluminum bead lock with a 35 inch tire, it's heavy, man. It's a, and rotational mass is. I was trying to kind of help Forrest understand. Like rotational mass is a big difference from mm-hmm. static weight on a vehicle, oh, especially yeah. unsprung weight. It's uh, it's a big difference when you're talking about 20 pounds that's rotating at 40 miles an hour down the road versus 20 pounds that's just sitting in the bed of your truck. Like it's completely different for the drivetrain and the suspension. Yeah. So, you know, I think the 32 inch ATs that I had on there, the KO2s were 55 pounds the yokohama geolander um mts that i got so it's pretty decent step up in size they were like 61 or 62 mm-hmm. pounds mm-hmm. and then for example a, a friend of mine's running the uh nitto trail graps in a 35 so only an inch bigger but that tire weight i looked it up it was like 75 pounds yeah. so it can get they get, it can heavy. get heavy in a hurry and, and i can i'm definitely feeling the change already i mean I mean, at the end of the day, I was running basically a very, you know, they were just a little bit bigger than a stock tire. So right. power wasn't so much an issue, but definitely feeling it now. So, uh, you know, the next part of that conversation, though, for anybody that is bolting on bigger wheels and tires, 
and starting to feel like the truck isn't quite the same as how do I get some of that power back? And, you know, I think the easy answer and the one that probably a lot of people look at is, can I tune it? To yeah, do something like that. Cold, cold air intake. Run it. Yeah, throttle right. body space. Run it hot as possible. Headers. <laughs> I, and okay, like here, I seem to have seen a trend where I'm just going to take the muffler off. <laughs> right? Like I'm just going to take it off. Take the muffler off. Brand new truck. Injected. Cats. Whatever. Take more, them off. More power, Check engine baby. light. Yeah, it's more, more fuel. It's rich. It's running more fuel, man. <laughs> yeah. I live next to a busy road and I'm slowly growing tired of uh, <laughs> yeah. that trend. Yeah. It's the yeah. worst thing ever. So... It's either loud Chevys or loud Hondas driving past your Yeah, and motorcycles. But, yeah. Uh, we probably digress there. So, <laughs> you know, the, the right way to do it, though, is to start shopping for gears. Yes. Right? So oh, that's too hard. No. Way too hard. Ge Just gears are the... the I would actually say gear... I would suggest if you were going to do anything first with, with current overdrive transmission ratios, I would rather see somebody re-gear a stock truck. Is that, oh, is that necessary? It's not necessary, but typically, like what's the most, like you drive, you daily drive your truck. So average highway speed to work, what are you, 55, 65 max? Maybe, it's usually like 45 to be honest. Right, so with your overdrive ratio from the factory, every single thing that we can buy is going to be set up for fuel economy. Yeah. They don't sell even the Roush Mustang, whatever it is. Like, yeah, they have these small compartment of cars that are not set up for that. But dra this is like a universe drag race guys, um, off road desert runner, rocks. Like, doesn't matter what you're in, what you're doing. If you took, if you knew like your truck, your diesel, you went from a, what'd you say, like a 30 inch tire, now you're doing a 34 factory, factory yeah. probably like something like ish, that. somewhere around there. So, do you know what's your gear ratio now in that? I actually don't know off the top of my head. Okay. So, to revert back to a Jeep, because I'm the Jeep guy. So, like if a factory, those I do know because I have gone down this path. So yeah. So, like in a newer that. Jeep, uh, let's say at, there's a couple different ratios you can get, but average would be 373 with like a 30 inch tire. If you were doing 1800 RPM or whatever, 1600 RPM in overdrive on your way to work, you could re gear it. And yeah, it would feel like it's, man, the motor's screaming. It's actually not. If you look at the power band of most gas mode, because it's another thing. Let me change that. This absolutely matters whether it's diesel or gas. Yeah. Right? We, like your your diesel is a diesel. So it falls somewhere in the middle in my mind between gas and like a big Cummins, like a full-size diesel. But you do not, they you cannot gear a full-size diesel truck the same way you would a gas one. But in, no. a, in a gas truck, not to mention the thresholds are probably a little bit different when you're making a thousand foot pounds of torque. Well, and it's the RPM range, yeah. right? Like in a gas truck, the RPM range, the torque curve is so much more forgiving. Like whether you're at, at 2000 RPM or three, it doesn't matter. And a diesel, it's the difference between like blowing up a motor and not. So, but anyway, on in a gas vehicle like that, if you, when you bought that truck, if you would have, or yours is kind of diesel, but anyway, a Jeep, if you bought it and you geared it, it, you would be better off. I mean, it would feel like a race car because it would shift through all the gears super quick. It's just math. Like it's easier to turn everything unless you're commuting on the highway and you're going to average 80 miles an hour. You got to factor that in. But yeah, I, 
nobody believes me. Everybody, I get phone calls weekly from people that are, what suspension? You know, like, I know I'm thinking about this or I should do that. And then I tell them, well, what do you, what tire do you want to run? What's, cause that's ultimately what determines everything. Yeah. What size tire? Because with you, a tire, you're, you're technically changing the gear ratio yeah. of everything. And that's, what's going to determine your lift, your everything, right? If you wanted to run forties on that truck, like it changes the whole build. Um, but anyway, I gears and they're like, no, man, really? No. And you're right. They want to do a tune. I've had art talks with people about, well, gears are, you know, it's an average of about a thousand dollars per axle for parts and labor. That's, um, that's the scary part. Cause a tune and just chopping your exhaust off is a lot cheaper, but it, it also doesn't <laughs> it necessarily solve. It's a different thing. It doesn't man. solve it's the problem. No, no, it creates more problems. Cause right? I mean, when you put bigger tires, you are, no. you're stressing you're stressing the drivetrain everything more and then when you add a tune to to patch that issue all you're doing is adding more stress to the yeah, system you're taking your transmission which who wants to pay to rebuild their transmission nobody nobody goes oh i got transmission problems that's cool <laughs> right like no big deal <laughs> trannies are cheap to rebuild like no that you want to talk about an expensive thing Take any one of these trucks down and go, hey, how much to do a full rebuild on this this eight-speed auto tranny? Oof. Right? Yeah. It'll be more than your set of gears. But yeah, you know, and and it's I think it's more than just tires too. I mean, they're definitely the guys that, you know, maybe they get the wrong gear ratio from the factory and they're hooked up to a trailer all the time. Mm -hmm. And probably I mean, you said re-gear your stock truck. So I there's mean, probably you can, some, right? Like if yeah. you're gonna make a mistake, because every not mistake, if you're gonna enter into this thing in stages. And we all make, I say, I've made all these mistakes, right? Like, let me preface this yeah, with we're that. All, we're like, all speaking from experience. Yeah, like the, the stuff that I'm talking about, I have done and regretted it. So that's why I can confidently speak on it. Um, case in point, we had the 40 cal build that we did here. We had another guy that worked here who was a wheels, he was a visual person, right? And I'm a mechanical person. So... He, they put a supercharger on one of the JKs and it was, it was, it was really cool. It was, was, a that, on, was that on like 35s or 37s? 37s. I think everything that they built was 37s, right? Gear ratio. It was like 22s or 24s on the wheels though. Yeah. It was definitely a street Jeep. It's totally street Jeep, Heavy right? Mall, mall, yeah, mall was, crawler yeah. thing, you know, which is cool. Like that's its own thing. It's good look. It, it had a lift on, it looked great, right? It was, the paint was cool. Like it was a nice build. But when we got, he at the, funny thing is he asked me he was like well what do you think about should we do this or that and i was like gears for sure and then he laughed i was like nah man like the guys over here that want to sell me the um supercharger say that it's that and i'm like yeah i'm sure they do they just want you to buy yukon's gonna tell you that the gears are the thing right like just taking that whole tuner patch and just on steroids on steroids right <laughs> yeah so so they built it it was faster, right? Now they had sounded great too. They had, cool. you, could, you could hear that one. Yeah. yeah, it was cool, man. But then one day we were talking about it. Forty cal had one tons, way more weight on it, right? Forty inch tire, seventeen inch wheel, not what should be faster than that Jeep. And so we kept going tank. back and forth with whatever. I said, dude, that thing's got five thirteen gears in it. I'll I'm gonna put the stock JK wheels back on. On which one? The 40 cal. Okay. And we're going to run them light to light. 
And that's exactly what happened. A hush the, came over the crowd, right? Like he, he, and this we're is all why, we're sitting here like, and this is why I'm telling you that you could gear a stock tire thing, right? Like most of the stuff I spout is not just things that I think about. It's stuff that's like, no, we have it. Let's try it. Stock JK wheels, like 17 inch rim. I don't know what the size tire was. It's like a 29.5 or something. I don't know. Looked ridiculous right because it's four inch lift fenders all this stuff on the super build but one tons 35 spline axles arb lockers so the motor tranny and it had an atlas transfer case the motor tranny transfer case were completely not the weak link right like you could stand in that thing because it had the axle shafts to turn it in the gear ratio and let it just do whatever it want redline it and let it shift i think it was a beast Right, so I put the stock tires on it, took it back to the shop, got out front, and was like, "All right, man, let's run them. Let's go, light to light. Let's get see what's pi- up. We're gonna we're gonna take your yeah. supercharged Jeep with your whatever wheels, and we're gonna take this one just geared, no mo- motor mods at all, mind you. Right, mm-hmm. this one had nothing, bone stock, no tune. We're gonna run them. I sat there in the parking lot and did a rolling burnout through third gear. <laughs> and he was like, nah, man, well, I, you know, I don't know. And I'm like, exactly. What I'm telling you is that in the most environments, you're not going to be a, but now don't get me wrong on the highway. He'd smoke. As soon as you get above 65 mile an hour, mm-hmm. I'm outside my window. I'm in overdrive, redlining, not cool. Yeah. Right. So like that thing's got a place, but if we're talking about average, time spent in a vehicle where are you at in the city driving 50 ish mile an hour you can re-gear a stock truck do you think yeah. you're sacrificing worthwhile gas gas mileage at that point or is it do you think it no like- i and again i don't have experience with all motors but in a 4.0 motor specifically the the power band is is at 2500 rpm so you have to know where your power band of your engine is and that is its most efficient place to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the bottom line is, <clears throat> you know, if if you're running a factory gearing setup, you've got a bunch of extra weight on the truck, be it bumpers, tires, whatever. Even being overgeared a little bit, the engine might be spinning a little faster, but it's not working nearly as hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's sitting, you know, five or 600 RPM below where it wants to be and is just lugging along, it's chugging fuel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. You know, I've seen that at least in our Jeep too. Because what what uh, TJ with an automatic is going to be? What like two thousand RPM at sixty five seventy? Any four oh oh uh yeah, I think it's yeah, it might be eighteen hundred. Like, like the that. LJs have three seventy threes, and then yeah. the TJ comes with like a three fifty or three twenty one or something weird. It's a little bit like higher. Um, but yeah, you're somewhere around eighteen hundred, two thousand RPM. Yeah, so we're on thirty five now. 35s now and geared it to 513 re-geared mm-hmm. it to, from 373 to 513 and it's at like 2500 rpm on the highway ish and I, it's the mileage has doubled now it probably went from 8 to 16 but mm-hmm. you know it's been in a lot faster but it seems way happier well so, and the mileage thing too a lot of times when people bring that up you have to ask has your speedo been corrected like do you have the other parts of it that make it like I had a friend of mine with a TJ and 33s, no gears. And then he was asking me the same question. Like, you know, what what do you think my gas mileage is going to be? And I said, well, is your, do you know what it is now? 
and he said a number and I, and the number was like way off, you know, and I was like, no, none of them get that mileage. What do you, it's no. Calculate and, at the pump. Yeah. And so I asked him if his speedo was changed and like, and he was like, oh no, no. So if you've got 33 inch tires from a 27 inch factory tire, it's not, you, you have to either do a GPS on your phone or a Garmin or something like you can't use the mileage and the speedo to calculate what you're getting for fuel mileage. Yep. Yeah. It throws it off and it throws it off by probably the same percentage that the tire is bigger than stock. Mm -hmm. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately if you are putting bigger wheels and tires, I mean, you got to think about the end state of what you're trying to, to build too, because if you're going to be, and I'm kind of looking at it from the overland scene, because, and I've said this before, I think the dirty secret, like everybody thinks these trucks look awesome. And I agree, they do look awesome. The dirty secret is 90% of them drive like complete junk mm -hmm. because we've bolted on 2000 pounds of stuff yeah. and tents and with aerodynamic drag, you know, we've cut the front bumper apart. So the tires are exposed, they're oversized, overweight, and the motors are working hard and they are dogs. So you know, if you think about the end state of your build and what you're going to be doing to it, there are plenty of online calculators or you can call into, you know, various places, their gear calculators and things like that. But think about the weight that you're hauling, the size tire, because, you know, the tire, the oversized tire is probably not everything, you know, even, even with Jeeps, you know, your winch bumpers, armor, yeah, all that I'm, stuff adds up. It is. That, I mean, you, you can, if like for the overlanding guy, if you were asking me about gears, I would err on a smaller number, like a higher sure. gear, right? Yeah. Like it, because you're, you are probably going to spend a significant amount of time on the highway going 800 miles to wherever, right? If you were wheeling locally or just driving it locally or like most Jeeps aren't, I mean, there are over people that use them for overlanding, but due to the limited space and everything, and I don't think it's the most popular thing. I think the new thing is the mid-sized truck uh, overlanding scene, and they do look cool. Um, but it's still, it's that, it's the math, it's the your overdrive ratio, which I don't know what it is in, in any of the trucks that we're talking about, um, against the tire size that will tell you where you're, your, and then you have to pick a speed, right? Like if you want, if you know, okay, I'm going to spend 50% of the time with this. Like you said earlier, towing a trailer, it's a great thing to think about. But I, when I tow, I only feel comfortable towing at 70, the minimum, like I don't plan on towing at 90 miles an hour. You take that speed where you want to be with your overdrive ratio and then start plugging the math into what tire size is going to give you what ratio size you want. Um, with a Jeep or a lighter weight vehicle or a truck that's not going to see towing or doing any of that. The only time I've ever geared something too high, it didn't have, it was a three speed transmission. So like an old school turbo 350, something like that. Yeah, it, it stinks because it's you're like 3,500 RPM in a small block Chevy. Yeah, it'll do it. It, it's everywhere well you i think know? i think it that's stinks. actually an interesting point too because it's probably more critical to get the math right yeah. on the older lower speed transmissions where if you're you know running an eight or what 10 speed transmission yeah. these days mm -hmm. you got a lot of a ratios more, yeah. to work with you got yep. a little bit of wiggle room there but yep. you mess up on a three or four speed and it's and this brings up like if we had 
you know, unlimited money to do this. This is the kind of stuff I geek out on. Like I would love to take that truck, any one of them that's Absolutely. still stock and gear it stock. Right. And, and start with some of those like ideas that are completely against the normal like thought process now is it's it's suspension lift wheels tires like nobody thinks about gears yeah mm -hmm. that is that is one hopefully we can start doing more of so that'd be great i guess before we before we wrap it up here though i mean you did mention um this is not necessarily a diy mod no so gears are um definitely i would say in a level of one to five in difficulty it's a solid four like it's right underneath the dude that has the ability to rebuild his own motor or automatic i'm gonna just call that a five for anyone like me yeah or other it, it's yeah i would say it's probably well, but would you rather things to would, do. when you think about regearing versus rebuilding an internal automatic transmission which one gives you more like i'm not doing that i gotta say they're pretty close for me okay they're pretty close I yeah. guess I just think autos are voodoo. But also so. for, for people... For, <laughs> for, just, yeah. I don't get... It blows my caveman mind. Power goes mind, in, magic right? happens, <laughs> yeah. and power yeah, comes for out. For people like me, if I have to like buy tools for it... Oh, yeah. You like, have, you, like specialized tools yes. for it, all five. Yeah, yeah and there's, there's also the, the uh, repercussions for screwing it up. Uh, that yeah. too. Are the, high. The, and the, it's, it's, the it's is, an easy to screw up. Well, and catastrophic thing. failure in an axle at like while you're driving at highway speeds could really take out transfer case. Like your it, if a drive shaft comes loose and starts smacking around at sixty miles an hour, I've seen it crack JK automatic transfer case or transmission housing. Sure. Wow. Right? Well, I'm just thinking on the the less catastrophic end of the spectrum. I mean, you know, best case you ruin a six hundred dollar set of gears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Save your pennies. Uh, probably a mod worth thinking about, though, and and I think Absolutely. we covered it on underrated mods. But if you know if you're putting on bigger wheels, tires, bumpers, you know, making the truck heavier, or looking to get some of that power and drivability back, something to think about. Yeah. Start well, and if you're pennies. gonna, for me, if a rule of thumb with back to the tools, should you do it or farm it out thing? Um, if you're gonna only like you were saying, if to him, if you know that's your truck, I bought this truck, I love it it's the thing that I've always wanted and this is what I'm doing with it. Pay somebody who's done 40 sets of them or even a friend of a friend who's done five and has the tools to do it because there's the labor's not that much for what it is. If you have had five project vehicles and wished you geared them and then you're doing this and you know you're gonna gear another one or you wanna do whatever, to gear axles right, you're, it, you're Minimum tools you need are a case spreader, a, um, what is it? The dial indicator thing for backlash, yeah. right? Like it's like a magnetic base. Yeah. Okay. Because um, the back, back to, to specs, backlash has got a, your margin for error is between six and 10 thousandths of an inch. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's when you read Yukon or Elite or anybody's gear thing, it's like, oh, you know. It's easy. It's only got to be between six and ten thousandths, and the shims and everything to do it. It's time consuming, but you're at probably four hundred dollars in tools to do it the right way. So, are those rentable? No, some of them you can make. So, like what I typically do is on an on an axle. The first time I'm doing an axle, I take try to get the bearings off without destroying them, and if I can 
you can take a Dremel or anything and hone out the inside of the bearing so that you have set up bearings, right? Because that's the pro one of the problems is your the shims on a lot of um, carriers are behind the carrier bearings and they're behind other things. So you have to have a bearing you can pull on and off to keep checking backlash. And then there's a whole nother seven hour dialogue that we could have about the root of the gear. And is it on the drive side? And is it on the coast <laughs> side? And can you take a rear axle and make it a front axle? Yes, you can. Right. And like do all <laughs> this that is why stuff. I just, I pay people like Clay to do gear exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it's definitely a niche thing. And, um, Anyway, you need a case spreader because of the preload. There's just no way. I've done it before without it. It's not. I don't recommend it because it's like 60 bucks for the tool. You need the dial indicator to check backlash. Um, the setup bearings, is, I, I would say, those are the top three. If you're thinking about doing your own gears, you can buy setup bearings, but they're, they're new bearing prices, and then they charge you to machine out. Ten thousandths or whatever it is so they slip on if you can get your old bearings off without destroying them with a ten dollar harbor freight you know call out to harbor freight uh <laughs> bearing splitter without destroying them you can use those and if you're using used bearings you want to set it up on the looser side of the tolerances like if it says six to ten thousand stay closer to that ten eleven thousands because by the time you put new bearings on believe it or not there's they take up a little bit of that room. And so everything gets a little bit tighter. Gotcha. Let's learn a whole lot about that. I could build, I, know. I could let's let's take an axle out. Let's be we, Well, we right could now. do a whole show on axles, man. Like there <laughs> the where that technology and again, if you think about it, for off-road racing, where where do you see leaps in technology? It's suspension and axles. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like like the chassis change, but they're still running V8 pushrod motors primarily. That hasn't like jumped into some jet engine thing. They're not running EV vehicles in Baja yet, or at least that I know of. It's still cool to have. It's probably a, right around the corner though. Yeah. I hope not, man. It's I'm glad I'm getting old, right? Like I, if, if, if I hear a trophy truck, you know, like it's just nah, the it's man. the Jetsons noise. Yeah, I think is what I, they're going for. I want to, I love nothing more than to see like a Kibby Tech build just, uh, that should be sounding like something with no exhaust on it at a hundred miles an hour through the desert. There's yeah. a place for that. Yeah. But dude, axle technology, where, uh, like, I mean, we, the nine inch, right? Like being the mother of all kind of race axles and starting with that stuff. And then where, um, spider tracks is at now the 14 bolt, like there are, we could do a whole show on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you guys want to have Clay back on and uh, get into more technical details, drop us a comment uh, below the video here. And uh, if you like what you saw today, like, share, subscribe. But that's going to do it for today. Wrap it up. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and download wherever you get podcasts. But uh, in any case, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. See you. Thanks.